Eternal Journals is a podcast brought to you by Hipsters of the Coast and Cast Haven. How you doing, Zach? I'm really looking forward to hearing about your adventures this weekend in Legacy. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm coming back fresh from my very first uh, feature match. Um, so that that's yeah, we got stuff to talk about this week. Um, so why don't you tell us uh, what the event was that you participated in this past weekend? Yeah, so there was a Legacy uh, 2.5K at the uh, Bearded Dragon in Bernard uh, Bernardsville, New Jersey. I went with. Uh, some of the Long Island City crew, uh, that's uh, Roland Chang, Evan Husney, and Hank Zong. We all drove out to uh, uh, the Eternal Weekend event, or it's like an Eternal uh, Extravaganza, Extravaganza like, satellite. Uh, satellite event. So that, you know, filters into that. Um, and then uh, we also met with uh, with uh, local Burn player uh, Eric Higby out there. So it was, it, was a, it was a great cast of characters out for the, for the whole day, which was kind of nice. Um about how many people were in the tournament? I think there was over, I want to say 108, but there might have been slightly more than that. Um, That's pretty great. Yeah, it was a, it's a large tournament. Seven rounds. Um, so whatever, you know, whatever that number is, I think you can do the math to figure out a, the minimum for seven rounds. Is, it's oh, that's right, yeah. 100, 108 people, maybe? I don't know. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's like 32, 64, uh, 128. So there might have been 130 people there. Um, anyhow, it was, there were a lot of people. Um, I decided to play Rug Delver. Uh, in fact, I put up a, uh, a, uh, survey beforehand to, to see what deck I should play on, uh, the Long Island, uh, city, uh, group to see, uh, what people thought I should play. And, uh, let's go over the results real fast. So <laughs> I had, uh. Not just, so it's uh, still not sure what to play on Sat. Help me, and I said uh, a Rug Delver stock list, uh, a Lee Zoo production, uh, yep. a uh, Rug Delver a la a la Clark getting weird with Green Sun Zenith and Narnum Renegade. Um, That's what I voted for. Yep, uh, <laughs> Blue Red Delver, Mentor Miracles, Sneak and Show, and Reanimator. Can I borrow two UCs? Um, so uh, at the top of the list was. Uh, uh, Rug Delver stock list, a Lee Zhu production with seven votes, uh, followed by three votes on the uh, Zach Clark, uh, Narnum Renegade, Green Sun Zenith Rug Delver list, two on Blue Red Delver, one on um, Miracles, one on Sneak and Show. Who voted on Sneak and Show? Ail Simon. Don't know who that is. Um, and <laughs> uh, and nobody wanted to lend me UCs uh, and let me play Reanimator. So. Uh, I decided to to uh, go with a stock rug delver list, but you know uh, we know who I am, and I couldn't just go stock. Um, so what I decided to do was I played you know the classic rug delver list with you know all of your four ofs as it were, but um, I decided I wanted to have seven flex slots. Um, normally you have six flex slots, uh, some number of spell pierces, plus. 
uh, four other cards, generally. Uh, I decided I wanted to have seven select flex slots, so I took one stifle out, which is, uh, if, if you'll recall, that's uh, similar to the list that I played at the, uh, at the IQ that I won. I decided mm-hmm. to go with three stifles um, so that I could fit in a Life from the Low main. Um, and this was a concession to dealing with the Reduke uh, bug, do- uh, bug uh, control, bug true name deck. Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Uh, so that I could just try and waste them out if I lucked out and got, and got that f- uh, against them. Unfortunately, I never played a, a single uh, bug deck the entire weekend, which I was pretty bummed that's, out about. Um, yeah, that's pretty. That's actually pretty remarkable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was really looking forward to it. Uh, so uh, I'll give you a quick uh, a quick uh, list of how how the tournament went for me. Uh, well, hold on. Why don't you tell us what the other six flex slots were? Oh yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, the other six flex slots were pretty weird too. So I, I threw in one Grimlock Mancer, giving me seven uh, thirteen creatures main. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had a, a two spell pierces, um, what else? Uh, one dismember and one, what was the other one? I know I had one spicy, spicy card that you never seen in a deck, but I think there was one other card that I, I threw in there and I'm trying to think what it was. Let's see here. I'll look at it real fast. I'm gonna try and guess what it was. I think it so was the Trini Nemesis or Life in the or uh, well, I guess Life in the Loom was the spicy one. Yeah. Uh, this me- oh, uh, I I had a main deck Sullivan Library, and then the super spice was Jace the Mind Sculptor as a one of. That's right, Jace. Okay, yeah. yeah. So the- so go on. Yeah, let's talk a little about Jace. What? Did, how did you think you were ever gonna cast it? <laughs> well, okay. So um, you know, the thing is, is if you're on uh, I, I, People often say this about about Rug Delver, like you're never going to get to four lands, you're never going to get to five lands or whatnot. And and I've always found that a deck that runs, uh, you know, eight cantrips can get the lands it needs if it needs the lands, right? Yeah. You generally will want to shuffle away if you can shuffle away. But um, against control decks, which is I expected to see uh, uh, miracles, uh, Jace is great. Like Jace just gives you an extra card a turn, not to mention, you know, brainstorm. And you know it gives you an alternate win condition, which is which is pretty huge, especially against a deck that can't that can't leverage itself against you. I will say, after sort of you know making a joke there, that life from the loam with Jace is not the worst. Oh like, yeah, life from the you're gonna loam back some lands, and then you can make a couple. Uh, well, I meant just because like um, you could hit your land drops even if you were getting a wasteland war. Yeah, you're like, literally drawing three cards at that point every turn, right? Yeah, because you're gonna get you can put a fetch land into in, into play, right? Draw yeah. three more cards, put the fetch land back into your graveyard, shuffle away whatever you didn't want. Like it's it's pretty good. Um, I did not, however, uh, do that very often. I I I resolved Jace twice over the weekend, and it won me both games. I won't say it like I didn't win with Jace, but the extra card advantage really helped in the games that I uh, I played him in. Um, I didn't resolve True Name Nemesis. I was running two True Names and two Tarmogoyfs. I didn't resolve True Name Nemesis the entire time. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I, I just played, uh, what's it called? I played uh, mostly Delvers and, and Mongooses, and the Goyf came in once or twice, but really, like, you know, and that makes sense, I guess, right? I'm playing four Gooses, I'm playing four Delvers, uh, not playing uh, four of the other two types of creatures in my deck. I didn't see them as often, but um, uh, I, I didn't resolve a single true name. I didn't try to, you know? Would you say that, Would you did you have that split because of the bug decks as well with Fatal Push? Definitely, yeah. Um, and I so you think, got like six Trout guys, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, at, you know, I was talking to uh, uh, 
Brandon Osborne, uh, who was my f- third round opponent. Um, about the Jonathan Alexander list, and um, and and I'm running close to it, and you know I'm a, I'm a huge fan of uh, hooting mandrills myself, but uh, we we talked about it afterwards a little bit, and uh, I really like after looking at that deck and really scrutinizing it, I really like what he's up to with that deck, where he's just not playing Delvers at mm-hmm. all, and he's running all all his creature type, all his creatures are cards that can't be killed by an abrupt decay or fatal push. Yeah, I mean, if you on the other hand, like you don't run into uh, into bug decks the whole day, that might not be for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. I rode, but it's interesting that you didn't. I rode uh, the Delvers to victory a lot. In fact, uh, uh, against Brandon in my first game, I, I literally just sat behind a Delver from turn one to turn six or seven, and and just got there right off the the Delver, yeah. like playing counterspell after counterspell to stop him from from. Uh, well, yeah, then let's go off into, the board. Yeah, let's. Let's go into the report then. Uh, let's start with with uh, your round by round uh, uh, yeah. travails here. So let me pull that up real fast. Uh, so yeah, uh, it was it was a pretty interesting tournament, and it started off uh, with me having to play against a burn deck, which was really not where I wanted to be. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, that's you know that's life. Sometimes you're gonna I I you know I specifically put this deck together uh, thinking I was going to be more worried about. Uh, you know the the bug delver deck, and so I decided on a slower, a much slower uh, deck, uh, and, and than than I would have normally done, and that really came back to haunt me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So you lose round one to burn, which yeah. is uneventful. Yes, <laughs> to say that it's a bummer, but you know that's 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 life, right? You 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 know if you build your you can't legacy's too big of a format to uh to build for every deck, right? Yeah, right. Um, let's see here. Then after that, I played Infect. Um, and Infect, uh, you know, he got me in the first game. I really, I really went shields down for a second and it, it, it haunted me. I, I definitely got, uh, got in trouble for going shields down. Um, but I was able to pull it back in the next two games. Um, and it was, it was pretty great. I, I, I had the Grim Lavamancer, uh, in the second game was really clutch and I was able to, uh, and you had a second one on your sideboard. And a second one on my sideboard. So game two, like I drew one of those two, right? And yeah. um, I, there was a, there was a play where my opponent uh, had Ink Moth Nexus out, and he um, swung in against me with a with a hierarch, and I was like, okay, no blocks. He's like, okay, and I, I like kind of waited for him to, uh, you know, I was I was like, go ahead, pump spell, you know, like I was ready for that. Um, and I had the Lava Mancer out on the board, and I knew that if I had Lava Mancer his thing, I would just take like six damage instead of like the two right the two poison <laughs> and he uh he just was like okay yeah t- take a take a two and that you know then at the end of turn i was like a lava man's here uh ink moth nexus and he was like okay and he puts it in the graveyard so at that point what he's telling me is either he doesn't have any pump spells which i highly doubt or that he doesn't want to waste pump spells on something that's not going to get him damage so i think and if that's the case, I think it was a mistake on his end because I didn't see enough after that to to make me really have to worry about that. You know, like I I had his threats off the board, so I was able to just start uh, swinging in with uh, Goose and Goif. In fact, it's a weird deck like that where you know you don't let him have a guy. You know, yeah. there's not much they can do. And uh, the the thing about Rug is it's usually a little lighter on removal than like a Grixis deck might be, or you know some of these other kinds of decks. Like I, when I played against Infect last 
at a, I was at the Grand Prix. I felt almost bad. Like by the time I was in the third, the second game, I just had like nine removal spells in my deck. <coughs> Excuse me. But, uh, but yeah, so that was cool to be able to pull that out because I was wondering how that match was going to go for you. Yeah, it, it did. I mean, I can't, I certainly can't complain. I, I was pretty happy about, uh, how, how that worked out. My opponent, you know, was he was he was pretty much sent into a situation where he was like, yeah, there's not a whole lot I can do, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. I I'm a deck that does good against that deck specifically, so it was it was it was a bummer for him, I'm sure. Yeah. So you your round three opponent, uh, we introduced you introduced him. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I played uh, I played Brandon Osborne uh, on a Landstill Miracles, like not a Miracles deck, but a blue white Landstill deck that sided into Miracles, and um. Interesting. That that went well. Uh, the the first game, I like I said, I rode that one Delver Secrets all the way home. Like I just kept drawing. My my hand was like six blue cards at the end of the game, and I was yeah. literally just drawing and protecting the Delver the entire time. I think that game I may have resolved a Jace and was using it to draw cards, but uh, I'm not I'm not positive about that. The the second game, um, was a little bit different where um he. Uh, had out a uh, factory. He had out a Mishra's factory, mm-hmm. and that's when I was like, uh, he had one out in the first game, and and so I was like, what's going on? Like, what's this deck? It's not miracles, I'm pretty sure, but maybe it's Landstill. I don't really know uh, Landstill that well, but a, it's a control deck, so you know, like if I get in early, I can just do my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I was able to basically leverage my dazes and and spell pierces against against his. Uh, spells as he was putting them down as he was trying to make things happen you know he was trying to prolong the game and i was just making it so every one of his plays was just wasted mana um mm-hmm. and that, i mean that's that's what rug delver tries to do and i did end up getting a life from the loam but i didn't end up casting it against him i i uh i i one of the big things against him actually was uh winter orb came in super handy against him um imagine yeah really handy i i played i played the winter orb and we both sort of sat sat behind it like doing whatever we do for a while but i saved mana up so that i could get to four mana and cast jace and i fi- he had out a uh ee on two um mm-hmm. so i knew he was going to get rid of the winter orb eventually so i cast jace with him with him having this ee out on two and like two mana open so i knew that it, he would have to blow the um ee and then I'm gonna to get to fully untap with Jace, um, which was which was brutalizing. I'm sure for him, he he was just like, oh man, now I've got to deal with this Jace. I'm already dealing with the the. That, I think there was a Nimble Mongoose on board. You know, he was he was in a state where he had a lot to deal with already, and the the Jace just wasn't helping things, which was which was pretty insane. Like that's that card is rude. Uh, you know, that, that's the only thing I can really say about Jace, but, um, yeah, like I said, uh, so, uh, that, that was my, my 2-0, uh, for the day. I was able to get, get Brandon in two games and, uh, and then we sat down for, for a minute afterwards and, and chatted about the, uh, the Jonathan Alexander deck and I had seen it, but I hadn't really scrutinized it that well. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, he asked me, he's like, Hey, are you playing Mongoose? And I was like, listen, man, if there's a guy in this room that would play Mongoose, it was, it, it's me. Like I've been on Mongoose yeah. since GP New Jersey. But uh, I decided not to today because I, I you know, I didn't want to take any silly risks. Um, but yeah, you mean mandrels, not mongoose. Yeah, ma- mandrels, mandrels. Sorry, yeah, mandrels. Um, and uh, and I, you know, uh, 
I, I told him I definitely thought about it, but I, I decided at the end of the day, like I didn't want to, I didn't want to be in a situation where I didn't have uh, Delvers in my deck. Um, so then we go to round four where I play black, red reanimator. Yeah. So that was brutal because, uh, chancellor, the annex, uh, was his turn one play. Like he was like, I have a chancellor. And I was just like, okay, this is going to be pretty terrible for me. And he was able to get out the chancellor before I played my first land. That is something that happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I could have taken a turn, you know, like, and, and decided to like, you know, try and see what else he was doing, but I knew what he was doing. I also knew that he did not know what I was doing. So I scooped and went to game, t- game two. Um, you know, cause when your opponent's on black red reanimator and they don't let you see what, you, what, you know, they don't let you show them what you're doing. You, I think yeah. the, the thing to do is move on. Like I'm not going to be able to kill a, uh, a chancellor unless I have a bolt and a dismember in my hand or two bolts. And I didn't. So, um, and, and, uh, several mana. Yeah. I have to, I have to pay like five mana for that. I don't think it's even possible. Yeah. (laughs) Because I think that you take too much off the Chancellor before you can even cast a dismember. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I decided that uh, I'd go to the next game. And of course, you know, I bring in four cards, two two Surgical Extractions, one Cage, and one Gilded Drake. Um, Uh So game two, uh, I was very uneventful. I wrote a a, uh, Nimble Mongoose all the way home, and he didn't really do much on his end. He did, you know, unfortunately the blue, the black red Delver, slightly more explosive than blue red Delver. Oh, sorry. uh, Reanimator. But not as, uh, not as resilient and definitely not as, uh, as uh, consistent. And so he had some trouble uh, in the second game getting to a reanimation target. Did he mulligan in the second game? He, did, I believe he did. He went down to he went down to six, uh, and he yeah. started off with uh, you know like a, 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 a faithful suiting. So yeah, you know he 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 had a decent opener. I I, I have to assume, but it didn't it didn't pay off for him. Yeah, I guess sometimes it happens. The real problem, I mean, just as an aside, like sometimes you just can't. There's not any dig other than the faithful suiting. Yeah. So, but you play, I mean, you play a lot of reanimation spells, but if you didn't know what you were playing, sometimes you board out animate dead. If you think they might be on an abrupt decay deck. Um, and, uh, so, I mean, yeah, you can, you can, you can be digging sometimes or praying, I guess is more, is more likely. And, uh, if you already have to mulligan, the, the, the mulligans, uh, mulligans hit you really hard, pretty fast in that yeah. deck as well. Eventually you're drawing like, Lotus Petal, Land, Land, Thoughtseize, like, you know, and it's just the worst, you know, as you're yeah. four or four, then your fifth is like something else, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely not where so, you want to be. So did you beat him in the, in the third game? Third game. Third game was tough. Uh, third game, uh, we went back and forth for a while. He, you know, I was stopping him from casting reanimation spells, getting guys out, attacking, and finally he, uh, he gets out, uh, Grizzle, he, he goes to cast Grizzlebrand, but I have in my hand a Surgical Extraction, a Counterspell, and I have uh, a Gilded Drake in hand. So I, I counter it, and and that's pretty much the game, right? Like, that was it. Uh-huh. Like, I was able to attack it and kill him, and he was like, oh, man, I can't believe you had it. And I was like, I had everything. I had, like, the hate, and I had the counter, counter magic, and I could have taken it. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was that that was a good place to be. Um, so I so I was at that point, I was uh, three and one. And then I w- was going on to round five and yes. round five. I played blue black reanimator, which I was super happy about. I was like, all right, good. Just keep giving me like matches that I can win. Please, like I'll yeah, you know, vortex with thirteen plans. <laughs> yeah, matchup gods don't fail me now. You know, um, yeah. so I, you know, I played against my opponent who who was able to get me uh, in the first in the first um, uh, game pretty pretty convincingly. He just put out Grizzlebrand, and I was like, okay, moving on to game two. And yeah. game two was very similar uh, to to the other one where I had the hate. And uh, I just wrote an, I literally wrote a mongoose all the way home uh, after uh, running uh, Delvers. He was able to, uh, I think he was able to, oh, he got out a Grave Titan against me, but he was at, he was at seven life and I had to just flip over a Delver and I had just brainstormed to put a stifle on top of my deck. So huh. I knew that I had the flip um, and he was and that, put him to one life with the reanimation, uh, uh, the reanimate. So I just showed him the card, flipped over, and swung in for the, the three. So game three um, was was really scary because he mulled to five. And I was like, man, he's going to see a lot of cards. He's going to get to see a lot of cards. He's going to get to kind of sculpt his hand in his mulligan, um, which is a thing for that deck. Like, you, you have yeah. to mulligan aggressively for Reanimator to begin with. And if you know that you're going up against a kind of deck like mine, you want to try and get him on the first turn if you can. And I'm looking at my hand. It's pretty solid. I have, like, the classic Rug Delver hand of, like, Delver, uh, Delver, Stifle, uh, Wasteland, Land, Brainstorm, Ponder. You know, like, I was just like, this is a great hand. This is, like, exactly everything that you want, uh, you know, like a Daze and a Spell Pierce or something or a Force of Will. Uh, no, I didn't have a Force of Will. I, I didn't have a first-turn Counter Magic spell, but I was like, this hand's too good to say no to. Um, So I, I kept it. And I was really worried the first turn because he was he was able to um, careful study, but he didn't get anything. And yeah. I was like, okay, good. So I go into my first turn, play Delver. Now I've got Dave's back up, and and I'm like, okay, I think I'm solid here. So um, I'm I'm swinging in. I get him down to to uh, five life, and he exhumes a Grizzlebrand. And at this point, I don't have any more counter magic. Um, in fact, all I have in my hand is a Ponder, and mm. so I'm in a pretty shit situation because I have him low, low enough that I can, I can kill him if he, uh, you know, if, if I can get one more attack. Right. And he casts Grizzlebrand. I'm like, this is going to end the tournament for me. And so I'm like, well, I have, I have outs, you know, like I, I'm sure like if I get a bolt, I can bolt my Delver as he attacks and then swing in and kill him with the Tarmogoyf. Um, so I'll, I'll hold off. I'll see what happens before I scoop. Right. So I go to my turn. I ponder. Ponder is surgical, surgical cage. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, it was pretty gross. <laughs> so of course I shuffled that, right? Shuffled yeah. it, shuffled it, right? And uh, I get a force of will in my in my draw. I'm like, well, again, you're too late. Um, and so I pass turn. Now he knows that if I bolt my Delver, he's dead. So he decides to not attack me, which I think. Personally speaking, I think is a mistake because you have to assume your opponent sides out some number of bolts, if not all of them, um, just because it's not a great card uh, in, in that matchup. 
Um, so he didn't attack me. He didn't lifelink. He didn't draw seven cards. Um, yeah. Which, you know, like I said, that's, that's you know, hindsight as being a rug Delver player that knows how I sideboard against this deck. Um, I'm, I'm sure he was def- deathly worried about me bolting my own guy and, and coming back on the crackback. So there there is that. So he passes, and I'm like, I can only get so lucky for so long. So I uh, I decide to, um, I you know, I draw, you know, as you do. And, of course, I draw Gilded Drake. And, I'm and he's like, got nothing in his hand? Oh, my God, he's got two cards in his hand. But, like, you know, he's he's been milling through his deck like crazy, trying to figure out everything. I'm like, there's just no way. Like, let's pray to God that he doesn't have, you know, Force of Will and a blue card. Like, I have yeah. to. I can't, I can't sit behind these two creatures and hope that he doesn't attack me again. Like, I just, that's, it's, it's not smart. So I do it. Gilded Drake. And he's just like, can I read that? And I was like, yes. Call a judge. Because <laughs> actually, uh... well, he asked, he's like, do I get to choose? I'm like, you only have one creature in play. You can certainly choose which creature I take, but yeah. So, uh, it was, it was a crazy moment for both of us. Cause like drawing, drawing, like top decking that card was ridiculous. And, and like, as far as, uh, as far as salt and the wounds are concerned, that guy was pretty fucking cool about uh, having like knowing his opponent top decked against him. Um, and he was just like, "Yeah, I I guess you have a seven seven life linker with your other two creatures." Um, you even got the blocker back for the gilded Drake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was that was it. After that, like I just attacked with a Grizzle Brand, um, and, and two other creatures. So I was able to able to get it. Um. Yeah, so that was that was that round. Uh, so I'm riding high at this point. I'm I'm four and one, and I'm pretty psyched. Four and mm-hmm. one, you know, uh, the matchup gods are looking out for me. Uh, I'm top decking like a like a crazy master. Like I'm things are great, you know. Like I can't. Yeah. I'm riding pretty high at this point. And Hank is in is doing well, and Roland is doing well. Evan had scrubbed out by then. He was just playing uh, uh what's it called? He's playing vintage the entire time. So so like three people in our car are doing well or in are in contention for top eight. So this is looking great, you know. Maybe we'll all just be in the top eight. Yeah. Um, and so. Uh, I look at my, I look at the pairing for next round. I'm playing uh, Tom Ellis. I don't I don't know him, and uh, and I go to my table, and of course it says that I I see a thing that says report to the feature match area, and I'm like, all right, here we go, <laughs> feature match. This is my first feature match, so I was pretty psyched. Um, and so I get down there, and they're like, you're gonna be you know on the main camera. You're the first round for the feature match, and we're like, all right, cool. Like this is you know big time. You know, I get to I get to play yeah. magic in front of people for once. And uh and so it was Elves versus Delver, of course, and um that generally doesn't go well for Delver. Yeah. Elves, man. What can you do? Yeah. <laughs> now that that said, you know, you can if you go to the Tales of Adventure Twitch page and, and, and look around, you'll be able to see it. So I won't go too long into the matchup, but uh I, I will I will say a couple things about, about the two games that I, I did play. One one thing I lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the second thing is, is play of the day for me was definitely, uh, you know, having a good hat because I have a nice big bald spot on the back, on the back of my head. And it was nice to, nice to have the hat cover that up. I really appreciated that from the hat. So MVP <laughs> of the day, that Brooklyn hat. Uh, but, but, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll candor aside, uh, this, the, the cool thing was, is so we go into this game and I'm doing pretty well against him. Uh, I, I put him down to, uh, four life and 
he is able to get out a... Uh, he casts... This is the moment that changed the game for me. He cast Elvish Visionary, and I decided at that point that he had tapped out already, and that I could attack in and, and you know, hopefully kill him in the next turn. Uh, you know, assuming that he would, you know, he would just be dead if I if I swung in. I had a mongoose and a, and a uh, delver on the board, and uh, I wasn't thinking about Quirin Ranger that untaps a a guy. Uh, so so anyhow, I I counter the Elvish Visionary to try and stop his uh blocker from coming into play. That's all I was worried about at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, not a good play because I'm wasting a card on a card that didn't even matter to me. Like him drawing extra card, it didn't matter. Um. So, anyhow, I go to my turn, I untap, I attack. Of course, he uses the Query Ranger to untap uh, his guy, uh, and and he blocks my guy. So, completely wasted that Force of Will. I'll be the first one to admit it. Um, and so, he goes to his turn, and he uh, crop rotations his Forest into a Gaius Cradle, casts uh, Nissa Verdant Force, is that what it is? Nissa Vital Force. Vital Force. Um, untaps and hastes up his, uh, cavern. Now his cavern's a guy. Taps that for, uh, a bunch of mana. Taps the rest of his stuff for mana. Plays a crater hoof and swings and kills me. Yeah, it's a tricky deck. (laughs) I wasn't, I I wasn't expecting to die that way. I was just expecting a natural order, but nonetheless, he, he destroyed me. So I, I died there. The second game, I died the exact same way. Um, except for I didn't waste a, a force of will in, in that game. I just started off with a with a pretty slow uh, hand as far as mana was concerned. We should really have a person on who plays elves to talk about how to actually beat elves. So hard. I, it's it, it's it's interesting because like it's like okay, well, do you keep in your force of will for natural order, right? You know, or do you do you keep in spot removal? Like it's just you have no idea, right? Um, I will say that what's um, good. They, the commentator, I think his name was Brad, uh, Brad Nonan. Uh, yeah, and Kevin Jones. Yeah, the, Brad specifically said the one thing about this deck that's tough to do, especially as as a rug player, is know which piece of the combo they're missing. Um, yeah. And that, that's how I felt that entire game. I didn't know, you know, where it was going to come from next. And that, that was that was really what, what pushed Tom over the edge. For And for all that, Tom played an amazing game against me like that was that was a pretty uh pretty stellar game uh the game one was amazing game two i i will say he played into all four of my dazes which Mm -hmm. i didn't even think was possible but like (laughs) it didn't matter you know he still he just had me um well that's not that's another one of those cards where it's like how good is days like they're every dude taps for mana in their deck you just gotta make it you need to have days, days their first thing right yeah I was Which I was means, super bummed that they didn't they didn't mention that I got off four dazes against him like that's that's like a life achievement unlocked is to get four dazes off against an elf player. I saw that you had them on your graveyard when you were counting for the Tarmacoy. Yeah, yeah, I showed I showed the camera. I was like, I just want everyone to see that I've cast all four dazes. Um, and and you know they were they were they were probably a little soft on me about the force of will uh play, but you know Kevin Jones did say it was defensible for what I was doing. He just. It, I felt like it probably wasn't defensible because I just didn't need to cast it to um, just for value, you know, like just so he didn't draw a card. I needed to cast it to stop a play from happening or to get in more damage, yeah. and that didn't that didn't do it, unfortunately. 
Well, I know, I know I've mentioned multiple times on this cast, and to anyone who knows me, that I once was playing a camera match against Els with, like, Abzan Stoneblade. And I opened with a blind therapy, uh, and I just, like, named Elvish Visionary, and I hit two of them. Nice. <laughs> and, and afterwards, the commentators came out, they're like, we couldn't believe not only that you soul-read him on Elvish Visionary, but that you actually named it. And I said, well, that that's always the card that screws me up, because... Elvish Visionary and Wirewood Symbiote is yeah. just so brutal. It's, it's very hard. Especially when they have Cradle and they can just like spew out a Visionary every turn with mana to spare. So, I mean, it's, it's the thing about Visionary is like it's a secondary engine in that deck and it just gets them a card deeper. And then like, you know, I could, I don't know what he had in his hand, but I would, I would counter if it was the last card coming down, like, you know, but. I'd, I'd wish it was a spell snare, not a force of will, I guess. Um, so then in the next round, I played Merfolk, and I lost very convincingly into very fast games. Um, and then that was it. Uh, Roland and Hank were also out of top eight contention at that point, and it was time to go home. Well, you had a solid, uh, solid, solid run there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, four and three doesn't really tell the real story. It was that four and one situation where I was like, oh man, I have a chance, you know, like... I haven't yeah. felt like that since I've played in a Grand Prix and done well. Like, when you're doing well in a Grand Prix, you start to hype yourself up a little bit, and you're like, I can take this. Like, I can get there, you know? And yeah. that's a rarity for me, is, like, doing that well at a tournament that, that was really stacked. Like, th- these were some of the best legacy players in, in the Northeast, for sure. I mean, I almost want to talk about that. Like, over, I guess we're, like, over 125 people, lots of very strong players. I mean, that's a really nice... That's a really nice tournament. I'm glad it was on stream, and I'm glad that uh, Tales of Adventures Circuit, you know, was able to to get that yeah. sort of uh, marquee event. I met Michael um, Caffrey, uh, who we interviewed on the podcast. That was cool. Yep. I met actually a lot of people. Uh, we had like three or four people come up and say, "Hey, you know, like I love what you guys are doing with the cast," which was really cool to hear. Um, that was great. It's, it was neat to be recognized because normally I don't get physically recognized at these things. People just like know me from either my voice. Or, uh, you know, they know I'm a part of Hipsters of the Coast, which is always a funny thing. They're like, they see me in a Hipsters of the Coast t-shirt, and they're like, how are you involved with Hipsters of the Coast? I'm like, how am I not involved? <laughs> right. Um, so that was an interesting, I think, uh, I would love to know more about this blue-white land still deck, but it doesn't seem like there's you, you got a lot of information out yeah, of it. Yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to look at it, but uh, I was also really hungry at that point, so, yeah. you know. And and also when you're when you're X and one in a tournament where you can only you know get to the top eight at, at X and one, I, I was I, I was constantly dream crushing people up until like round seven. Yeah, hey. you know. Yeah, um, but I think it's a cool. It was a cool uh, tournament. You know, you got Rug Delver against uh, Landstill and Merfolk. I mean, that's a nice throwback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Merfolk you didn't pl- so good. <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> That Merfolk guy ended up five and two. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. I mean, he, he, he actually borrowed the deck from a friend. He's like, I don't actually play Legacy. I'm like, yeah, that deck's really good, especially against me. Yeah, and interesting. Um, well, the other thing that would make Merfolk good is if there were. Did you see a lot of the bug decks? Like, did you see them in the room and just miss them? Like, they're, they were out or, there. They were yeah. out there for sure. I just didn't play against many of them. Any Hank must for that matter. Was Hank playing Sneak and Show? Hank um, was on Sneak and Show. 
Hank was on a team at top 16, the Star City team yeah. open. That was his deck. He was on Sneak and Show. Um, and Roland playing uh, Grixis Delver. Metal Worker Utter Domination. Oh, no. he played Grixis Delver. Yeah, Grixis Delver. Um, oh, man, no more Metal Worker Utter Domination. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I think he's been on, on Grixis for a while. He goes back and forth between that and like a, you know, a, a, a legacy shops deck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what about Evan? What did he bring? Evan was on something weird, like a Tesserator kind of deck. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I didn't get the whole list, but it was, it was weird. And, uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't do great with it. Unfortunately, he went O2 drop and just started playing uh, vintage for the rest of the day. Um, well, I think we can actually segue unless there's something else on I, that point. Well, I, I do want to, a couple, uh, two more points. I, oh, I yeah, suppose. Sure. Um, one, one, the event was ran relatively well, but I will say late. You know, a uh, one o'clock start for a seven round event is, is late. You know, that, that, that gets people that aren't from your area back home, nine, 10, 11 o'clock. And, and that's, it, it's not, I don't want to use the word unacceptable, but it's a, it's a giant bummer and a, and a real drain to like come back home at, at that late when it w- could have easily started at like 11 o'clock. I wonder if they didn't expect so many rounds, though. I don't, I don't think they did. I don't think they expected as many people. So, so I would say that with... if I had anything to say to them about about the event, it would be to start it, start those events earlier. Because if you're going to offer, you know, a good prize support and have have a have an overall well run tournament, you know, people are going to show up for the next one. Have it early. Start it at eleven o'clock. You know, start it. Yeah. Know, and start it on time too. This started at one, but it really started at like one thirty, one forty. Which, uh, you know, Adam Penn was there. You're all, people yeah. are always going to go to time. You know, like if Adam Penn's there and he was playing like a non-Enchantress deck, if you can believe me. Um, Play uh, Standstill something. Yeah, he was, he was on Standstill. <laughs> so Adam Penn was there. That dude's going to make the, that's, he's going to make the uh, uh, time happen every round. You're going to go to time because yeah. he's going to be there. You know, he's not a slow player, but he plays slow decks. And uh, and and also confusingly slow decks. So people are going to get miracles. Time, you know? Is a deck that people play. So. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't. I I think they should. I mean, it, it's. I think that's great that they got so many people, and maybe they will start earlier. Uh, it was funny though because you know I was getting updates periodically the other day from some of the people at the tournament, and uh, from p- poking in on my head in on Twitch, and I'm like, oh, this tournament's still going on. And then I realized I was two hours behind the East Coast. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is going late for yeah. people. So Yeah, we got out of there at like maybe nine thirty. Um, and that's that's late for, for a, a tournament that like you know, my day started at uh, eleven when I got to Roland. So really start at ten when I left you know, ten thirty when I left my place. And then uh, you know, eleven, go to Roland's and then from there go, you know, like get get to the tournament. So when I got home at like twelve o'clock, because we went and had dinner afterwards you know, man, yeah. like that's an exhausting day. I was, I was done for the next day, you know, like I couldn't do anything else. Well, so, that's what you sort of sign up for that in a way when you, for uh... sure. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, that's, that's one bad thing on, out of a lot of really great things. So I'm not upset about, uh, about the tournament at all. Like I think, I think it was a really great uh, event. Uh, it, it was awesome that they ran it and they, they ran it well. And the bearded bearded dragons a really cool store actually. I, I was really impressed with that store. I wish I I wish we had a store like that in New York. Yeah, great. Um, 
I did want to uh, segue when you were talking about Tesserator, but uh, I think before that we should just mention that we are on Patreon at yeah. patreon.com slash Eternal Dirtles Cast. Um, and we'd really appreciate your support. We're, it's the end of February now. We're going to be announcing some new stuff this month. Uh, I have not gotten to post everything on social media, but we are also pretty much at Eternal Dirtles Cast on Twitter and Reddit. Um, and I'll be posting our uh, you know, episodes usually right after they appear on Hipsters of the Coast on Friday or Saturday. Um, this weekend had a little bit of a complication, so I wasn't able to uh, get on social media. But you know, through Patreon and, and Twitter and Reddit, you can always reach out to us, and we'd love to get your feedback. Yeah, we'll be offering some some uh, premium content to our to our patrons as well too pretty soon. Yep. Um, and the segue I wanted to try was that uh, you were talking about Evan playing Tesserator, and there was a card spoiled today that I have seen played in Tesserator. What card do you think that is? Um, For Modern Masters uh, 2017, I guess I should say. Well, it be... it ain't. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Goblin Guide. <laughs> no, it was Damnation. Damnation, um, that's right. I have had Damnation resolved against me by a person playing uh, Tesserator before. So we're in the we're beginning the Modern Masters season, and I guess we have like the first really big, uh, big spoiler, right? Yep. In fact, we just got three more spoilers uh, put into into it since last time I've checked. Yeah. So we know that the uh, Zendikar Fetchlands will be reprinted at yep. Rare. Which is awesome. Uh, that brings the that brings us into budget zone for for some really cool decks as well. So I think we should try that like once a, once every now and again is to just like talk about uh, budget decks for this format and entry level and try and help people with uh with decks. So that's something I'm pretty happy about is the is the Zendikar fetches being put back in. With those being reprinted and also with Goblin Guide being reprinted, mm-hmm. sudden blue red and Force of Will having just been reprinted. Yep. <laughs> that's a huge barrier to entry that just drops you know yeah now you've got now you've got blue red delver which is a little bit more of a you know when we did budget decks we talked about like what's a legacy deck you know we don't yes you can play budget burn and legacy but like what else can you play you know yeah. and uh if you can get it to blue red delver with even just one or two volcanics it's, it's fine as long as you have enough fetch lands yeah. and uh it looks like those are the most uh those the fetches and then uh, Dam- damnation and um, goblin guide are sort of the most legacy relevant. Yeah, um, I don't go doubt there will be more legacy relevant cards coming up soon too. Uh, yeah, sorry, I gotta see. Sorry, I hope that didn't come through. I was just muting my uh, muting my mic before I sneezed. Um, so yeah, I mean uh, terminate. It looks like is in this. So yep. Dami Rod, yeah, and and and. You know, huge cube staple vanish into memory. I always thought that card was so cool, but unfortunately, not good. Yeah, not. No, I wouldn't play this. I wouldn't play this in any deck in in this format. Um, but so we we have to assume that there's a very like there's a very huge likelihood that Liliana the Veil is going to be reprinted. Snapcaster Mage uh, is on the packaging, right? Yes, I believe it is the uh, the promo version. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I like I like Bishop as a as a Snapcaster Mage. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that uh, it would be interesting to see what's not what's not reprinted or what get, doesn't get another reprint uh, with Liliana the Veil. Maybe Dark Confidant doesn't get another reprint mm-hmm. with um, Snapcaster Mage. Maybe a card like Vendillion Click is off the table. You know, that's come down with a couple of reprintings now. So, yeah. 
um, I hope we'll, you know, we'll get some good stuff and that'll, that'll make things easier. I mean, taking some pressure off the price of Liliana the Veil and Verdant Catacombs does a lot for people who want to just, uh, totally. you who want to get in, like you can, you can do a lot with that green, black shell. You don't have to play blue. So yeah, I mean, uh, especially... bringing, bringing these down is another great thing for the, that like sinking show deck that I showed the other week where I didn't include scalding tarns because they were so expensive. Like I, who wants to spend $400 on a set of lands? You're done. You can't build a $400 deck now. Yeah. So well, now there will probably be a twenty-five dollar version, and that's not that's not bad. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, it was show and tell about eleven bucks. We've discovered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that you know we'll start seeing some good, um, some good to so get some getting some good news out of this. Uh, I'm not sure. I think Cavern of Souls is still live for a potential reprint mm-hmm. based on all the lands that have been spoiled. So uh, that's another card. Unfortunately, they will not. Grizzle Brand's already been reprinted, yeah. Um, or already been announced, I should say. Um, unfortunately, they cannot print Rashad and Port in this set, so what they are you going to do? <laughs> um, um, yeah, or they could just print it in Amonkhet. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, I guess they could. I don't know if that... That'd be funny. Just like he brings the port with him somehow. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, it just looks like th- this set is going to uh, pretty much defy what a lot of the spec- speculators were going to say about it, which was that it was going to be trash because uh, stores are being offered pretty much what-, what seems to be like an unlimited amount of this set. Um, or, you know, like what they would normally be getting for like a uh, like slightly less important product. Uh, yeah. You know, like, you know, I don't want to say like Commander. Uh, Commander's... Uh, it's a different thing. Like well, it used like, to be that what like you know these were definitely limited, and then other everything else was unlimited. Like conspiracies, unlimited, and that yeah. helps. You know. Yeah. So I I could see that. The, yeah, maybe like conspiracy. I would say like you know where uh, people uh, people were really talking about like oh man if if Wizards is offering this much of this product to to dealers, it's very likely that it's just really bad and they're just trying to move it. But it looks like. So far, I mean, I would be happy to buy a box of this at, at, at 170 just for the ability to pick up a couple of uh, f- fetches. Yeah, right? I... Um, if, let's say you open, yeah. four, th- you know, two to three fetches. Uh, you know, the value, the intrinsic value there is that, you know, if you open up a Catacombs or a Tarn or a Misty, you know, those are 80 to $100, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I don't, I don't think there's going to be nothing in this set. I don't know what, I, I don't, I'm not really, I don't have ear to the ground on the speculator stuff, so I can't say for sure. I don't, I, I would be interested to see what Unlimited, what this really looks like. I mean, it's an expensive product. Mm-hmm. It also could be that they're offering more of it, expecting like, well, we put the fetch lands in this. That's, that's five rares of value, you know, yeah. like just right off the bat, like Stoic Angel is in this set too, but it's, you know. You know, it's it's not like in the last uh, Modern Masters where they didn't have any sort of like big chunk of uh of, Yeah, the rares were relatively cards. unremarkable in in the last set and, and the Snapcaster Mage is on the box, so that's gonna be it. You know, yeah. like so, excuse yeah. me, damnation. Yeah, damnation's a, a rare, which is great, you know, like I think that this is gonna be the set that may, might turn modern back around, truthfully. Um that's well, a couple old... reprints and a couple uh, a couple unbannings, I think, would be 
great we'll see yeah um, but we're gonna get some uh, we'll be able to draft off of it no pun intended for legacy as well so yeah. i wonder if uh we'll see uh death shadow get printed in this and then immediately banned like they did with Splinter immediately banned. i don't think i i i gotta be honest i cannot believe that deck is doing so well like yeah. <laughs> it's got it's it's threat like i've played it and you know the old version and it's this one is less threats and or fewer threats i should say um, it's fewer threats. There's nothing that like nothing to really do if they just have like a you know, I guess modern doesn't have swords and not a lot of people are playing fatal push. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Blue white red uh, would would probably be okay against that deck, but it's just so fast that like the format is overall still still too quick. I think for blue white red. Um, and, yeah. You know, I like I said, I'm playing that that like four color gifts deck that's like not red. Um, and I have multiple answers for uh, a Death Shadow, but man, they can get Death Shadow back, you know? I mean, you look at this. Here's the top eight from Star City, Indianapolis, and Modern. Death Shadow, Affinity, Gorio's Vengeance, Grixis Delver, Merfolk, Green White Tron, Grixis Delver, Death Shadow. Like, where are the Fatal Pushes in this format? Yeah. Let's look it's at these crazy. Grixis decks. So if you look Grixis at- deck has two, you know, and it's got Death Shadow in it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> But if you look at uh, like the the uh, Brisbane uh, Grand Prix that was also uh, last weekend, uh, mm-hmm. you know you've got Lantern Control, Dredge, Dredge, Living End, Abzan, Affinity, Black Green Tron, and and Nahiri Control. So I mean those are almost all different decks. What Dredge twice and Death Shadow three times? Uh, yeah, sorry, it's still loading. So we got two Dredge decks. We've got. Oh, are you saying there was Death Shadow three times in the uh, in, in the other one? In yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, and one of them was just in the Grixis Delver deck, incidentally. So I, I can't lie, that's not that bad, you know. Yeah, I don't think it's bad by any means. I'm just saying I'm I'm incredulous that this Death Shadow oh, deck sure, yeah. loses the what was one of the best cards in it, and uh, and still is able to. Uh, is, is, I mean, it's not the same yeah. deck. He's oh, got yeah. two. He's now he's got three fatal push in his deck. So it's one of the, it was one of these situations where you wonder like, is it the best deck because it's good against itself? If that makes sense, like yeah, yeah. I mean, basically they become a Jund deck, right? Like a, a classic Jund deck with. It's death basically they've replaced the Dark Confidant draw engine with the Street Wraith and Mishra's Bobble draw engine now my thing is like it says there's 13 creatures in this deck right Mm -hmm. it's four death shadow four street wraith four tarmogoyf one gore clan rampager if you you know what a gore clan rampager does yeah that's the uh (laughs) that's the blood blood rush Rush. (laughs) just making sure you never you never try one of these cards in your life that actually might not be true because you did play a tarka red so you played red green before in standard yeah um but anyway that's just a joke but uh you don't you're never casting street wraith so you've got you've got eight threats, you know, um, and then you're really just trying to stick one of them, I guess, and then team or battle rage it. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Weird. And they get so four weird. traverse, four traverse the elven wall, three tar fire. Yeah, tar fire so, for the traverse the elven wild, right? Yeah, and I mean with Mishra's bauble, and like you're discarding a creature with street wraith. You've got fetch lands, so if you discard street wraith. Fetch a Shockland, Thoughtseize. That's two, four, seven, right? So now you're at 13. um, And you just next turn, like, Fetch, Shock, Traverse, Death Shadow, (laughs) I guess, right? 
And some of these decks are playing Renegade Rallyer too. They can bring back their their uh, Death Shadow if you like if you do end up killing it. Yeah, this deck has a white land in it. It's got a Godless Shrine. He's got a Kataki Wars Wage in the sideboard, um, and I three Lingering Rallier, Souls right? in the sideboard. He doesn't have the rally. This is the first place I've never rally. Okay. You are right. I have seen it. No, you're right though. I've seen it. I don't know. Uh, what his deal is three lingering souls in the sideboard that's probably for decks that are playing so you've got this answer to point removal um which which is good he's also got a little of the last hope which is good against point removal as well because you can just you know keep plussing until you uh make a bunch of zombies let's see if the other one had it i'll tell you on my wish list, wish list for things that they reprint it's uh the um uh what's called the affinity cards are like cards that really need to be reprinted uh like uh, Arcbound Ravager really really could use another reprint. Yeah, if they could if they could reprint some of those decks, I would be pretty happy because then I could be like, you know, for uh, Mishra's Workshop, scrawling a basic land away from being able to play some vintage. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I'd be happy with that. I I really like the uh, Ravager Shops decks that see some play. I think they're really cool with with Walking Ballista now, and uh, eventually, you know, Walking Ballista won't be in standard, so I can buy them. A little cheaper, but uh, there's a Mardu deck here, which I love. Obviously, got five Planeswalkers, um, got a couple Fatal Push. So I, I don't know. I'm still sort of incredulous that this Shadow deck just doesn't get hated out. Maybe it will start though. We'll start seeing more of the more three to four Fatal Push decks. I mean, it's so good against Affinity that opens up something like Banteldrazi. But if you're playing black, you really can also have a way out of the bigger creatures. But you know, whether it's Dismember or Victim of Night, you know? Yeah. Anyway, enough modern talk. Unless you have more to say about No, I mean, that's, that's pretty much modern it. Ideas. I, think, I think playing Gifts Ungiven is still is still uh, awesome. And, and again, with the reprinting of these uh, fetch lands, I can once again own Marsh Flats and Verdant Catacombs because I sold those uh, when Zendikar, Battle for Zendikar came out because I was like, there's no way they don't reprint these. And, uh, you know, of course they didn't reprint them. Well, on the other hand, like you know, you're gonna pick them. You're you're gonna cash them out a little bit. The modern the TCG player states this weekend. Um, excuse me, and that format is modern. Maybe I'll bring some sort of blue black Snapcaster Fatal Push. Yeah, just brew. Value Town. When I see people playing modern around here, it's very creative. <laughs> like I saw, I was just watching a guy play. Uh, what's that uh, artifact where you flip the things and it does damage? I'm sorry, it's an artifact searching red card. Um, it's from Kaladesh. Hold on. Basically, you you you, you reveal cards on the top of your deck until you get a uh, an artifact, and then it deals damage to you equal to the amount of of cards you revealed. But then you get the artifact and play Madcap Experiment. Oh yeah, yeah. And this guy was just like, like the the what's a Platinum Imperium? Platinum Imperium, yeah, Whoa. and you just. He's just like, yeah, so it's basically a Splinter Twin, and then I just do this. <laughs> it's just a Splinter Twin deck, and then I just play this. Yeah. And, I, you know, unless they can beat an 8-8, I win. I'm thinking the next time I play in a in a big bigger modern event, I'm just going to play Splinter Twin with Kiki Jikis and see see if that's still just fine. Yeah. Uh, the last time I did, I, I uh, XO'd the, the local, and, and I was just like, huh, people just don't play around this card if they don't think it's in the format. And, you know, they just thought I was on some kind of really sad value deck that, like, I couldn't <laughs> afford to switch decks or something like that. And I just was like, 
uh, I get, you know, I just put a Kiki Jiki in here to make it work. But like, I was running three Kiki Jikis, just like I was running three twins and was yeah. playing with, I was playing the rug version with the Goyce and stuff. And I could have easily switched over to play with, uh, uh, what's called Tassiger and played the black version. Mm hmm. Yep. Sorry, I'm looking at Dosen of Perfection now to see if I want to do that. <laughs> you know, what I really want to play. Well, I guess that you're supposed to play uh, like like Planeswalkers as your finishers in modern, like Gideon yeah. Ally of Zenigar. I just want to play. I just want to jam a Consecrated Sphinx. I mean, I'd you love know. I'd love to see Dosen of Perfection spike up in price because I own like eight foils. <laughs> I was just like, I want this card in foil, and I was thinking like, huh. I should try and get like four foil delvers, four foil uh, aberrant, you know, insectile aberrants or whatever that whatever that the middle card is, and then like the four docents and have like a nice little like you know wall piece for myself of like um all the foil versions of that card. Yeah. Well, the the you know the uh, delvers would be the <laughs> would cost like more than the frame. Yeah, yeah. And then sure. the other ones you could probably just find on the on the table after. You know, yeah, shadows of yeah. yeah. All right. Anything else you want to hit today? I think that's it. Have a good week, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Catch you later. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our good. Keep it up with the Joneses. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our good. Where does he get those wonderful toys?